Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. It's uh, 410, 36 degrees and cloudy. I'm honored again to bring on my next guest, Commander Kirk Leopold, U.S. Navy retired, was the commanding officer of the USS Cole when it came under attack in the Port of Aden by al-Qaeda terrorists on October 12, 2000. He's the author of the book Front Burner, Al-Qaeda's Attack on the USS Cole, 1981 United States Naval Academy graduate, Naval Postgraduate School, also graduate of the United States Army Command and General Staff College and the Joint Forces Staff College. Commander Arlie Burke, class destroyer of the USS Cole, and uh, is here to give us his, his expert opinion on what's going on in the Red Sea. Commander, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Thank you, Rob. Pleasure to be on again. So, uh, you know, a lot's happened since we last talked. In the past just over a month, um, the USS Kearney is attacked by four, well, interdicts with 14 attack drones. We have the USS Laboon and F-18s on 1226. 1228, we have the USS Mason with multiple ballistic missiles interdicted. And uh, most recently, 1230, the USS Gravely, uh, which two anti-ship ballistic missiles, which they're saying was directed at their ship, and uh, UH-60s from both their boat and uh, the Ike, uh, you know, with fast attack boats in the area. Give us a rundown of what's going on here. I think what you're actually seeing, first and foremost, is clearly these Navy ships and their crews are very well trained. They've been given the rules of engagement necessary to make sure that no threat can attack either them or the civilian ships, maritime ships they're trying to protect and that the positioning of the Navy in that region, in the Red Sea, the Strait of Babel, Mandeb, and the Gulf of Aden, clearly is showing promise that we can keep these vessels safe. Now, that said, here's the real problem, Rob. The United States and the Biden administration is not solving the problem. They are solving the symptom. We are shooting down drones that cost anywhere from three to $5,000 with one with 2.1 billion dollar missiles and in the case of the anti-ballistic missiles upwards of five million dollars financially we can't support it and we're not targeting either the sites where these missiles are coming from and the drones are being launched from nor are we going after the root cause of this instability which is iran and at some point we are going to have to take positive action to deter them and prevent them from doing these kinds of attacks I, I I thank you for bringing up how good these crews have been work have been doing under this type of circumstance. And I just want to note, especially when it comes to the USS Kearney, and I'm sure the rest uh, are sure to follow, is uh, Naval Forces Central Command Commander Vice Admiral Brad Cooper awarded uh, two Navy Commendation Medals, four Navy Achievement Medals, and the entire crew, the Combat Action River, and included the Bronze Star for the skipper of that boat. So it is being recognized that these these guys and girls, uh, these sailors out there, are doing God's work when they're, they're assigned to the ships and are on point with their mission. I hope so. The only thing I hope is that the uh, Navy allowed that Bronze Star to be with the Combat V for valor because they were, in fact, under attack. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed on that front. But I will tell you right now, the problem we're having, Rob, is that the international coalition that the Biden administration put together is not functioning as it was envisioned. I mean, here you have a secretary of defense who was a central command commander and 
when you look at it, he should understand the threat and how to stop it, having lived in that region, having been in that region, and worked with all the major military leaders of almost every country that's over there. And yet here we're proving ourselves almost inept and weak that we're still willing to have these shot at us. What I fear more than anything, Rob, is that while these crews have been successful, the odds run against you. And eventually, if you see a missile get through, the last thing this nation needs is a photo op at Dover Air Force Base bringing back flag-draped coffins because the Biden administration is not being proactive in stopping the threat. They're only reacting to it, and I fear for the lives of our sailors. As, as do we all, as we do all, Commander. Um, on 1230, the USF Gravely, not only did they interdict two anti-ship ballistic missiles that, by reports that I'm getting ev- uh, via most news outlets, were tar- was targeting that ship, they also launched their UH-60 from the Gravely to combat three, uh, four fast boats that were attacking container ships in that area. Run us through what goes on. You're, you're the skipper of an Arleigh Burke-class destroyer. You're taking incoming missiles. You're launching 60s. Uh, you know, Walk us through what that entails. I think what they'll do is the first thing is you will set general quarters to make sure that your ship is, has the best watertight integrity that you have the best people in the best positions to be able to fight that ship effectively. Depending on how long the battle goes, you may have to step down to condition two to allow for watch rotations, people to eat, to make normal routine, you know, bathroom breaks and things like that, head calls as we, as we refer to them. But at the end of the day, they have to be up on edge to do this. They will launch that helo. It is fully armed. Everyone at this point in those crews, especially the helo crews that are now going to go and get a little bit closer and be a little bit, you know, in, in harm's way, have to make sure that they know and understand the rules of engagement. Everybody, the ships, the helos, they have an inherent right of self-defense. So it may be that they have to be shot at before they can react. I think that's a little behind given what's going on. But when they go to engage these boats, they should be able to take them under fire and eliminate the threat. A recent one that's going to come up that's going to challenge the ROE, Iran has deployed a patrol boat. It has anti-ship missiles on it. Well, guess what? This generation of young naval officers is now going to get an opportunity to do what we did in my day against the Soviet Union. You run a constant targeting solution. You know where that ship is at all times, and you monitor it to make sure it doesn't indicate any hostile intent or even worse, a hostile act like shooting at you. And if it does those things, you have the ROE in place, if not ask for them, to be able to take that vessel out before it can even get a shot off. And just the mere fact that the targets that we have done, which, let's be honest, a lot of them have been empty tents in the middle of the desert. You know, we we did have a couple of strikes where personnel were taken out, that uh, the people responsible, the Houthi rebels. But we all know who's pulling the strings here, the Iranian government. You know, back in, after the 1993 Marine barracks attack, President Reagan said acts of terrorism are an act of war. And in 1988, Operation Praying Mantis sunk half Iran's functioning Navy in response to the mining of the USS Samuel B. Roberts. Is this administration, do they have the fortitude to send the message, stop firing on our sailors? Well, it's not only the administration, Rob, to which I have my doubts, but I look at the senior military leadership today. I mean, look at Secretary Austin. 
he's one of these classic four stars that have been out there that they got promoted because nothing went wrong during their command tours. In other words, they were risk-averse, and by nothing happening and by not leaning forward, they never really defined themselves by doing things in a very proactive manner. So they're playing it safe now, and clearly, as a four-star politician, he is playing it safe in how we're reacting over there. And that's what, that's what I'm concerned with more than anything else. These young men and women deserve to have leaders that know how to function under combat conditions and do what is necessary to defend the United States and our national security interests around the world. And we are in a period of strategic danger. While Russia, China, and Iran are not coordinating their efforts, they're certainly synchronizing their activities in a manner that undermines our national security across the board. And if we don't start answering them, we're going to be in trouble. In the case of Iran, I would make the argument we don't need to go from doing nothing to kinetic and start shooting. Why aren't sanctions being put in place? Why don't we recognize that the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action or Iran Nuclear Agreement, that JCPOA, is dead? If it's dead, put all the sanctions in place that we had beforehand and make Iran immediately start to feel the squeeze economically. And then let's start inspecting vessels. Every vessel leaving Iran, we're going to inspect for illegal arms or any kind of terrorist activity. And one of the most simplest things that I'm 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 astounded hasn't been done is the Biden administration declassified the Houthi rebels as a terrorist organization. Why hasn't that been instituted back? Why hasn't there been an immediate statement that saying, you know, we're denouncing these attacks? I mean, how many attacks do we need? We're talking about almost a half dozen now with dozens of incoming missiles. Uh, Rob, I'll tell you exactly why. Because the Biden administration is nothing more than a shadow government for what was the Obama administration, and they are desperate. You have so many people that became intellectually and emotionally invested in the Iran nuclear agreement that they will do anything to try it, see it get passed. Taking the Houthis off of that terror watch list, that was a favor to Iran to express good faith on the part of Americans, that we can trust you, that you will do the right thing. And look what it got us. It got us October 7th, and it has Iran now working in Iraq, in Syria, in Lebanon, and Yemen, now targeting U.S. forces. And we've just been darn lucky that we haven't had any of our people killed. But I tell you, as long as Iran continues to do this and we do nothing proactive in return, eventually it is going to cost us in American lives. Well said. And we all know China, with their intentions with Taiwan, are strongly watching this, seeing dozens upon dozens of one-way attack drones, anti-ship ballistic missiles, land cruise missiles being fired at us with, with little to no response. Absolutely. Look at the parallels between Iran and how they have essentially encircled the entire Middle East with proxy groups. Take a look at China what they have done in projecting power out in those illegal under international law, those militarized islands, what are referred to as the the Dash 9 line or the 9-dash line that goes all those militarized islands projecting power into the South China Sea, they're going to begin to do the same thing. They're going to begin to disrupt maritime traffic. They're going to use those islands to to project power and harass shipping 
And while the, while the navies of the world, including the United States, gets distracted, they'll move on Taiwan. This is a roadmap for how to do things. And that's what I don't believe the Biden administration or even the Republicans truly appreciate how that represents a strategic danger. They militarized those islands, and the United States, through multiple administrations, Republican and Democrat, have done essentially nothing. If you want a world-based rule, a rules-based world order, if you want people to have international law that is respected and followed, then you have to act when people disobey it. And China needs to be held to account, and we won't do it because we're afraid of the economic impact. Again, I'm speaking with Commander Kirk Leopold, U.S. Navy retired, was the commanding officer of the USS Cole when it came under attack. Uh, you have the book Front Burner, Al-Qaeda's Attack on the USS Cole. Uh, where, can, where can listeners get that book, book to read about you, you know, your leadership and what happened that day? Well, thank you for that plug, Rob. The best place is actually Amazon.com and just type in Front Burner Book, and it comes up, and uh, I very much appreciate it. The only thing that they will find a little bit scary about that book is that when I was attacked, there was no response by the Clinton administration who walked out of office doing nothing, no response by the Bush administration who took an attitude of we're forward-looking, not not backward-acting. And 11 months after I was attacked and 17 of my brave sailors died and 37 were wounded, the United States had no response to the attack on USS Cole. That attack should be informing the Biden administration, not giving them an excuse to do nothing. Well, I, I ran into a building just about a year later because of that lack of response, so I appreciate everything you did and the sacrifice your crew made that day. Commander, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show. Uh, I look forward to hear, having you back on again. Thank you. Always an honor, honor to be on, Rob. Happy New Year to all your listeners, and uh, keep faith and keep supporting those who choose to serve our great nation. Amen, amen. Thank you, Commander. Yes, sir. It's uh, 424 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. And thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Bentella Data Internet. It's still just a little backed up on 84 westbound near the exit to Promised Land State Park due to a multi-vehicle crash. We have no reports of any accidents on 81 from the New York border to Hazleton. That is looking pretty good. 476, the PA Turnpike seems clear. It is bumper to bumper on William Street in Pittston, Blakely Street in Dunmore, and North Kaiser Avenue in Scranton. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. This afternoon, a mix of clouds and sun, high around 40. Tonight, cold front arrives, breezy and cooler with flurries. Flurries! Low 30. Yeah. Thursday, morning snow showers with flurries followed by a gusty northwest wind, high 36. Thursday night, clearing skies, breezy and frigid, low 20. Whoa. Friday, mostly sunny and cold, high 36. Saturday, snow showers arrive, heavy at times in the afternoon, high 37. Sunday, snow tapers off in the afternoon, high 37. It's currently 36 degrees and cloudies here at 425 at your official weather station, WILK.